Welcome to Bat Therapy, the psychology of Batman, superheroes, and other comic book characters. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in the cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We are your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado Keaton Hopkins. This podcast is about providing education and understanding and is not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources. Great Scott! (laughs) (laughs) I had Uh, to. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you are Dr. Brown. I am Doc Brown! Yeah, you're Doc Brown. Sadly, no, none of the doctors in my family, there are multiple of us <laughs> with doctorates, none of us have created a time-traveling DeLorean yet, Yeah, but there's still time, I suppose. Uh, have any of them committed war crimes and stolen plutonium? Um, Not to my knowledge, but hopefully they'd be smart enough not to tell me. <laughs> so, we're doing Back to the Future today. I don't know if y'all picked up on it yet, but... uh. Yeah, we're we're <laughs> of course this this season we're doing alternate realities and else worlds and I immediately thought of Biff Tannen's 1985 that's dark <laughs> and dirty and and evil so and bad. and I thought it would be fun to just go 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 a little bit off base yes. and have some fun with this problematic trilogy. <laughs> oh my goodness. So okay. I absolutely adore Back to the Future. And of course, when Keaton said, we should do Back to the Future, I was like, well, yeah, we're going to have to. (laughs) But, oh my God, I I forget. (laughs) There's some show or or movie or something that someone gets confused about time travel and they try, I think they try and compare it to Back to the Future. And like, so Back to the Future is just a lie. And they're like, oh yeah, it's just... I know they did it in Avengers Endgame. Yes, that yeah, thing. I know you. they that did it. That was bothering there. me so much. I could not remember. <laughs> yes, look yeah. at me looping yeah. it back into the comics. There Wasn't we even go. Trying. We're yes, back. and they're like, "What do you mean?" So that was all a lie. When you watch these movies, there it makes no sense. I mean, people gradually disappearing from a photo as as time is quote changing, even though I don't know. They and they change yeah. the rules as we go. Um, so so yeah, you have to um just set aside that that scientific part of you, shall we say. But I love these movies. And also them implying that Chuck Berry is a hack oh, and completely I plagiarized. I know I his own music. Like there there's so many there there's so many loops and, and like faults here. But like if we I'm gonna go all the way to <laughs> the the very first the, the like start with the first movie the 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 whole idea of marty mcfly having this complex where he just <laughs> if someone calls him a chicken he immediately <laughs> just loses it and will do whatever they say which is no but I think... <laughs> but but keaton come on this is like the mainstay 80s movie thing yeah. right it's like the plot yeah. it's one of the main plot devices from from 1980s movies it's like yeah. some like weird quirk like this but like it's funny because i actually i thought about it way too hard 
So I mm. thought about way too hard because immediately it's like, what are you, chicken? And my first thought is, are chickens known for being incredibly skittish? Because I feel like if I suddenly saw a chicken out of nowhere, I would be more afraid of the chicken than the chicken would be afraid of me. Like, I feel like chickens are out there saying, what are you, Keaton? Right? Like, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I started thinking, are chickens the most terrified animal? I feel like they're not, but. Yeah, I don't know where that phrase came from. <laughs> that is a, that is an interesting point. Cause yeah, I mean, even if they are, I mean, I guess they kind of flutter around skittishly looking, but I feel like there are other birds that are just as skittish, not pigeons, yeah. but you know, other ones. That's yeah, that's a good question. And so I mean I I I did wonder I actually really like the growth that they show for Marty across the three movies. Yes. When it comes to being called chicken or in the third one being called yellow. Yeah. Um since, oh, you know, it's uh, Mad Dog Tannen. <laughs> Mad Dog Tannen. Oh man, these movies are great. Hopefully you what guys have guy. watched these recently because obviously we're just kind of riffing off of all three. Um but I I did love how they they showed the ridiculousness and, and just how it would lead him down this path of essentially like destroying his life because yeah. he would just react. Yeah. But it's so interesting because it seemed because if you remember too in the first movie, there's this whole thing about him not playing his music in front of people. Yeah. And having to grow into being more confident with that. And he learns his dad used to write novels, but never show them to people. And there was kind of this just like family thing where you don't really follow your dreams and you're scared of showing that to people. And so it seems like it almost kind of reverberates out in these ridiculous moments of being called chicken. And then like, no matter what it is, someone's daring you to do. It's like a Christmas story. You're going to stick your tongue on that cold pole. <laughs> yeah. And it it's funny because like that does reverberate between hey, are you going to be able to get over someone calling you a chicken and also but on the other side of that is him constantly standing up to bullies and not mm. being afraid of them. And so it's it's almost it's almost like he's brave to a fault, right? Because it's uh <laughs> it's like hey, you don't call me chicken. I'll do I'll do whatever. But at the same time, he's also the guy that's like, don't let that person bully you. He's a jerk. Like he's it's so it funny. It is interesting because and so my theory is it's because he actually his self-esteem isn't as good as he puts out on the surface. Ah. Because yeah. yeah, because he you're so right in that and this happens for a lot of us where we can see things better with other people and he's trying to help other people stand up to the bullies. And he even stands up to the bullies for himself. But I think for himself, the reason it doesn't work out well is because it's hitting a chord where for him, he truly does believe he is a chicken on the inside. And therefore, it's hitting him too close to home. And then he gets overreactive, but not actually in the ways that help him move forward until the third movie when he finally yeah. puts it all together. and doesn't you know ruin his doesn't get in the car accident because someone called him chicken again <laughs> yeah yeah and and you they always show it with like the the random disappearing artifacts like oh here was a fax machine that said you were fired but now it doesn't say that anymore because you <laughs> might just become the rock star you always wanted to right but it <laughs> so this this is 
these movies are very, very funny too, especially in the first one. Because in the first one, when you first get introduced to the family before they even go back in time, it's like Marty really wants to hang out with Jennifer Mm -hmm. and then his family just, they don't have their life together. Like both the brother and the sister are like staying at home and don't have jobs and all this. And first off, my favorite thing about this is after he changes things and comes back, both of the siblings still live at home with the parents but in nice clothing. <laughs> it's really funny. I never funny. really thought about that. <laughs> yeah, the older brother is like, yeah, I live at home still, but now I live at home in a business suit. Like, it's <laughs> it's really funny the way they do it. It's like <laughs> You know, different kinds of families have different, you know, visions right. of success, and, and some families do live together until they kind of form their own families. Well, especially so, in so this day and age. Yeah, <laughs> with, yeah, yeah. With crazy rent prices and stuff. Oh, but God, I just right. al- I just always looked at that as funny. That that is a that is a yeah. funny little. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah, it is funny how. Yeah, I I love all the like little changes that happen with all the time travel and whatnot. But I think it's one of those really good points too, where you you see changes in the positive you see changes in the negative you see all these different things throughout the the movies like in the first one these positive changes with his family where his parents seem happy at the end of it his dad actually uh publishes his novel versus you know keeping it squirreled away um the bully gets what they deserve and is washing everybody's cars for them instead yeah. of being, you know, the bully anymore and you know everybody still, gets their just dessert. <laughs> he's still, still around for some reason. He's but. still around. Like right, he's like, "Oh yeah, this is the guy that uh that tried to rape my wife in high school. Now he's washing my car." Right? It's yeah. There's a lot of problems because even with George McFly when you first see him when they go back in time, He's like creeping on her from in a tree. Yeah. And the original timeline, she fell in love with him after feeling sorry for him because her dad hit him with his car <laughs> while he was up there trying to creep on her. <laughs> to and, be fair, she didn't know what he was doing in that tree. <laughs> right. So, right. I mean, it would have been worse if she, she, she fell for him after doing that. But yeah. But it's interesting that their story is very different, though, because the story mm-hmm. is different. Like, their relationship when she fell in love with him because she felt bad for him versus actually getting with him after he stood up point. for her and protected her. And then you go back to the back and they get back to the future. He's like cool and wearing a windbreaker with aviator sunglasses. <laughs> and like, well, and, and writer now. <laughs> I think that's a really great point though. Right. So, so these, these slight adjustments made a big difference. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, what's particularly interesting that that you picked up on here um actually that i didn't really think about was how 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 did she view him initially and so did she view him as someone to take care of and who needed help versus someone who helped her in a time of need when something was happening and and i don't think it's just her view of him but also his view of himself yeah so am I someone she takes care of or am I someone who's, who was able to stand up when something really bad was happening? And so yeah. he was put in a position where he said, I can't just walk away from this. Yeah, she was literally getting assaulted, sexually assaulted in a car. It, it, yeah. Very terrible 
It was it yeah. was really bad. It's really bad. And like at the There's at, like, like near sexual assault in like all of these movies. The, yes. the bad guys are quite terrible. Yeah. It's pretty it's pretty horrible. Biff is trash. He's really And it's like a, in his jeans. Yeah. But the, what's so funny ter- what's so funny is that actor in real life is like the best person. Really? Ever? Yeah, he's like the best person ever, and everything you randomly see him in that he pops up in, he's like that. He seems like he's the nicest guy, but <laughs> he did so well being Biff and Griff and Mad Dog Tannen, which as a kid I didn't even realize it was still the same actor that really? was playing Mad Dog. I didn't even know. I didn't even realize it. So I but, knew that one, yeah. but I did not realize that Michael J. Fox played his own daughter oh yeah <laughs> and when i realized that i was like oh my god this is amazing <laughs> right yeah uh but yeah, it's just it's really really funny when you watch like i look at these movies and i wonder how much of it could be made today mm. like at this day like with with the because it's a lot of problematic things in there um people and- would not be as kind about i think some of the clear flaws in the plot line uh, but then, yeah. you know, some of the stuff we're talking about, too, is, yeah, there's some kind of brutal scenes or even the uh, the 80s seemed a bit more OK with uh, sibling or, or family related faux pas in the romance department that that I think people are more squeamish with now. So, you know, when when mom's got the hots for <laughs> Marty, yeah. uh, which obviously she doesn't know. But I mean, same thing in Star Wars, right? So you have yeah, two Wars. people making out, and then you find out later they're they're siblings. Yeah, Game of Thrones made it okay. Oh, that's true. Game of, <laughs> Game of Thrones brought things back around. So so maybe yeah. you can. Yeah, maybe yeah. Game of Thrones proves that you. This is the time to remake these movies. Please don't. It's not. It's not weird. They're just Targaryen. <laughs> <laughs> For the right. record, let's please not remake these movies like everything else. Let's just leave yeah. them be. Although. I would love to see an updated time machine because it is the coolest thing in the world to me. That's what got me infatuated with these movies in the first place. The the time mach- the the DeLorean time machine and then of course the um the train at the end of mm. the third movie. I yeah, was just cool. I always was just absolutely obsessed. And like I, it, one of the things that's funny too is the character Doc, M- Dr. Emmett Brown, mm. he is seemingly living his life to help Marty up until the third movie when he's like, I should have a life of my own. Mm. Like, it's it's really interesting how in the, especially in the second movie, he's like, something's got to be done about your kids. We got to go. Yeah. We got to figure this out. Like, his everything he's doing is revolving around helping uh yeah. helping marty and and which in the first movie life. it was kind of his fault <laughs> yeah so his yeah. past self helps marty because well my future self put you there or put yeah. you here I should say <laughs> the it, second one <laughs> that it, you you it is a good point though that this shift of what what is his focus and and really i mean doc doesn't really have anyone other than his dog and Marty, it seems yeah. like, until the third movie. Right. And he doesn't even really seem to take issue with that. But then when there is this opportunity with uh, Clara, I think that was her yes. name. Yes. Yep. 
uh, with Clara, uh, he jumps on it, which is kind of cool. But I also would like to point out that at the end of all this, he says time travel is too dangerous because once again, no matter what, you're going to you're going to affect things and you never know what's linked to what else and, and everything impacts everything else. Um, it's part of why, um, you know, you got to be careful about thinking to yourself, hey, what would I want different about life? I mean, we can't necessarily control it, but if you change something terrible in your life, it might change a lot of the good stuff, too. Um, which yeah. I think is a, a good point with with these movies. Uh, but then at the end, he goes, you know what? Never mind. I'm going to time travel with these two little boys. Right. With my they wife just... and my two young children. Because young kids aren't going to script the timeline. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just, I, I guess his family just lives outside of the loop now. Like, they just don't really, they just don't really exist at all in the, the timeline. Because she was supposed to die in the ravine. Right. And then he saved her. And now... Their two kids are just hopping through time, which I feel bad for them because what kind of life are they going to have now? Mm. Like, are they going to stop and live in any particular time period or are they just trapped with their parents for all of eternity? Right. Right. (laughs) We're going to have to we're going to have to make this a two parter. (laughs) There's a what if scenario. Oh, man. Um, But yeah. And so. But so going going back to the first the the first movie and it just plays out throughout the second and the third movie just generational bullying yeah uh the the character biff tannen is just an absolutely like he he's the textbook bully like if i think about the word bully he's like who i see in my head just big hulking a lot of times they're stereotypically dumb and just menacing and getting people to do whatever it is they want. But this is something that's different about it. Because a lot of the times, it's it's all about, oh, make sure that you stand up to your bully. Mm. Because a lot of times, bullying is portrayed as something that's not a real threat. Mm. But they did it differently in these movies in that he's a bully and he will actually harm you like a lot of the times it's like oh if you just stand up to the bully it'll be fine and uh, and they they have it in a way where it's like okay george mcfly stood up to the bully and it went okay but then we also saw an alternate reality where the bully just straight up killed him yeah right and and so it's i i do like that they show like bullying is not only a a problem but Bullies themselves are actually very dangerous, right? Like, it's yeah. not just one of those things like, oh, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. It's no, it is an actual issue and it's not okay, right? And, yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things to be clear about, because sadly, uh, there's going to be a decent percentage of the people listening who have been bullied. Mm-hmm. And that, that's just the, the reality of things. And, and so it's not to say that this is the only kind of bullying, which I, I, I think is well right. known at this point, you know, especially nowadays, you've got cyberbullying, which, oh, yeah. oh, geez. I mean, my my husband, he talks all the time about how the online gaming world has just changed um, with oh, time, yeah. not for the better in, in a lot of ways, just in terms of how people 
seem to feel okay talking to one another in that more anonymous platform. Um, yeah. But there's cyberbullying. The no- yeah. yeah, there's cyberbullying. There's, of course, this more like physical bullying. But there's a lot of different types and and the the risks or the the ways that someone is harmed isn't always physical in the way that Biff and et cetera, et cetera, all of his renditions do, but still very harmful, um, can be harmful physically, emotionally, and just in a lot of different ways. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think you're totally right in that, especially if it's just the one person standing up, because unfortunately, what often happens, just like they show in these movies, is that the bystanders, the people surrounding the situation, often they do not act. Don't do anything. And that and that is where the danger is more likely to arise when someone's trying to stand up alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you have, especially if it's the kind of bullying where someone has more of a belief in in a violent response or reaction to situations, if they're coming up against this person they already see, they see, I'm not saying this is the reality, but that they see as, as weaker than them, someone that they can bully, and it's just that person against them, there's more danger involved than if, say, there's a group of people responding and saying, hey, this isn't okay. Uh, right. You're much more likely to be in a safer situation, um, the safety in numbers kind of thing. You brought up a really good point, too, about uh, anonymity mm. because of how anonymous you can be on the Internet. I feel like bullying has just taken off. I mean, you mm. can pull up any random thread in the comments and someone's saying horrible things about somebody or calling them stupid. And whatever. And Unnecessarily out of nowhere, out yeah. of like completely out of nowhere. And it's like, OK, it's like they get joy from that. But what they're saying, they don't know the person on the other end. This could actually really upset mm-hmm. this person. And it made me think about, like, the, I remember when I was a kid, you would always hear that phrase, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Which is bullshit. I've boxed before. <laughs> I've taken punches. They do hurt. Sure. But I have had words said to me. <laughs> That still mm-hmm. hurt to yep. this day, way worse than yep. any punch can. So, like, I, I hate that phrase. Like, sticks yep. and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Like, no, words are insanely powerful and yes. they can hurt. And there's nothing wrong with being hurt by something someone says to you. Uh, oh, that's a really, I, I love how you said that, where yeah. there's nothing wrong with being hurt by what someone says to you be- because. You you hear these stories all over the place where someone says, I I didn't think it was that bad or I I don't see this as a problem because they're not being physically injured. Right. And that's not to say that physical obviously physical injury we have to be very careful about. But yeah, words really, really, really can hurt. They're so powerful and they can be so helpful, uh, but they can break us down as well. And yeah, it's, I mean, we, once again, you were like, what's with Marty and being called chicken, but that yeah. for him, that's like the, the trigger phrase. It's like his trigger phrase. It's like his trigger phrase. And at the same time, he is George, he, he's his father's hero 
in this first movie because he's just there to be like dude stand up for yourself what are Mm -hmm. you doing like why why are you letting him say that to you and do that to you and then at the same time like i said it's funny because he has that fault where he can't handle not standing up and saying you can't say that to me it's like "Eh, they can because at the end of the day he's afraid that he is his father that oh wow i've never thought about it that way i mean think about it and i mean the the original father at the start of the movie i mean he clearly i don't want to say lack of respect but he he clearly just doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily respect his where his father's coming from or or doesn't really want to relate to certain aspects of his his father right because he sees his dad continuing in this being bullied role and at the end of the day he wants so badly to not be like his dad and yet he's human so he's never going to be fully confident in himself so he's so afraid of that that these little seemingly little phrases turn into these huge moments for him yeah because he um in in the future he well needles at one point calls him chicken and then he gets in a bad car accident and mm-hmm. so he doesn't continue his music career and then later on needles is still calling him chicken and he ends up getting fired from his job yep. for basically still being bullied by needles who it's funny because uh needles is uh flea from the red hot chili peppers Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, and so I've always I uh, just thought it was funny that he just he he pops up in random movies because he popped up in um in Obi Wan like the the oh. Disney Plus show. I'm like, wait, what? What is what is he doing here? Like, what? like, but yeah, Marty, you you're you really did touch on something. He ended up becoming his father because he mm-hmm. let Needles kind of bully him into doing what he wanted. But it was a different kind of bullying. Where it's so it was... interesting. Yeah, it, it's almost I can't turn away from something that 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 someone expects of me, or or I can't turn yeah. away from this expectation because yeah. someone might see me as being lesser. And ironically, you're right. It is kind of he kind of got bullied into doing some things he didn't want to do, which is the exact opposite yeah. of what he was going for. Yeah, because his dad, the way his dad got bullied is, hey, you're nobody. You're mm-hmm. a wimp. You're going to do exactly what I want. And then on the other side of that, Marty, the way Marty gets bullied is by saying, hey, if you don't do this, it's mm-hmm. because you're a wimp. Yep. And like you said, he does not want to become his father. Yep. But he ends up becoming his father. And then not only that, his son ends up mm. also being absolutely terrified of Biff's grand. Biff's, yeah, Biff's grandson. Yes. Gr- mm-hmm. Griff. Yeah, they skipped a generation. So we never see Biff's kids. We see Biff's grandson. Yeah. Uh, Griff. You know, and they actually show this in a few different ways because in the third movie, they show they show the predecessor of the principal and his mm-hmm. like little son or grandson or something. Oh, and he yeah. start, I think he starts talking about discipline, which is a big thing for the for the Strickland. principal. Yes, yeah, Strickland. Thank you. Strickland. Yeah. And 
it's interesting because, yeah, they're kind of hinting at these reverberations through time of how how we are, how we grow, how we are nurtured. What are the situations we're growing up in? What are the lessons we're being taught? And even showing that you can end up in a place because either you embrace that lesson entirely or sometimes when you're trying to do the opposite, sometimes you end up exactly where you were trying not to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty bad. And like Strickland isn't the best principal because, you know, a yeah, principal, well. like it's, he's supposed to be like supposed to be nurturing but all he's doing is just going around and putting students down like that's slackers. all I, yeah you slackers like i'm like are you like you're bullying right now like what <laughs> what in the world like you're you're supposed to be the good guy like oh my goodness and like it's i one of the funny things with him was in the second movie when they see the alternate 1985 and uh marty sees principal strickland and he's like, you're, you're my principal. You go to the school. And, and he goes, the school burned down years ago. My first thought was, and they never built another school. Back. <laughs> like, no one goes to school in Hill Valley. Like, what in the world? <laughs> like, that's just it. Just the principal just walking around with a shotgun with no school for any of the kids that are there. It's like, what the hell is going on here? It is quite the dystopian world. Oh my god, it's so it's so bad. It's really they they do everything they can to be like, look, Biff's this is this is the world that happens when you just let bullies do exactly what yeah. they want. Well, <laughs> with and once unlimited again, this, power. Yep. And this was the eighties and, and there are different themes and generations of things and in terms of, of what we kind of emphasize in our media and our entertainment and culture and whatnot. And I feel like this was a time when your villains and your heroes were much more black and white. I mean, your, your heroes a lot of times, okay, they weren't perfect, but it was kind of like, aw, like, aw, you don't like being called chicken. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's kind of an innocent kind of flaw about him um but the villains i mean biff is pretty black and white like okay this is a bad dude um versus you know you were talking about how would you remake these movies nowadays we're all about the gray so i bet nowadays you you'd see all this stuff about how he grew up and maybe the things that turned him into a bully and um, why is biff the way he is yeah, it's like a, the CW prequel called Tannen. I could see it. There you go. I could see it. I don't. I hate it already, but I could see it. Uh, well, here's something that's funny though. The uh, the one of the writers for Back to the Future, Bob Gale, in like a uh, interview in 2015, he actually said he modeled Biff Tannen after Donald Trump. No, and didn't. you can see it, right? You can totally see it, like, especially in the second movie, like in the second movie, like the alternate 1985. I'm like, oh, oh, God. When he's like living in the tower and it's all gold and shit. Oh, God. Like, oh, my God. (laughs) It was was, so it was very interesting because, like, I remember even like during the election stuff, I was like, man, that guy's kind of a bully. Right, and I was like, kind of about it, unfortunately. Right, right. People are going to stop listening to us now. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, yeah, I I don't. I highly doubt that. I mean, he he made some. He he's he's not afraid to say some 
very hurtful things about well, people. Also, a lot of the, like, I don't think, I, a lot of the people that like him like him because he's a bully. Like, <laughs> there's yeah. like, that's what we need. Someone to push people around, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Biff, 1985 Biff is at like, abs, he's terrifying to me. Like, he's mm. just like in that alternate reality because he just, his his power only grew. And he, yeah, it's he not like. He owns the police. He mentions at one point. Yeah, he owns the police. He just kills people with no remorse and emotionally and physically abuses Mm -hmm. the mom. And it's just, yeah, it's it's absolutely horrible. But Marty is never afraid of this guy, which is something Mm -hmm. that it's that's one thing that I really enjoy because he is menacing. Like when you see Biff and Griff like all around, he is menacing. But Marty's never ter- never scared of him. Like, he's scared yeah. of Mad Dog because Mad Dog's literally, like, holding a gun to him, right? But sure. he's never afraid to stand to stand up to him. And so it's this, this dichotomy of, like, mm-hmm. this is a good thing, but also it can be a flaw. It's really something that's interesting that I really picked up on watching these. It's like, yeah, you, yeah. Can, you need to be able to stand well, up and- for yourself, but you don't have to. look around and show people that you can stand up exactly and so yeah when when i was prepping for this i obviously was looking okay and so self-esteem stuff and bullying and whatnot and you know when it comes to bullying a person's most likely especially after those like we're not we're not counting like little kids who are learning how to be humans, okay? We're not talking about like three year olds on the playground here, but once once you're kind of seven, ten years old, older, then when some of these things might solidify, where for some kids they maybe aren't as good at some of the more prosocial ways of getting things done who haven't really been stopped yeah. uh, very effectively when they were bullying and they saw what they could get out of it in the short term. Cause short term you get what you want when you bully someone long term, especially over years, you're going to be more isolated. A, lo- a lot of times have more issues, but that reinforcer of getting what you want initially is a very powerful thing. And so, yeah, it's one of those really tough things because, like you were saying, where, where's that fine line for Marty? Because when it comes to a bully, af- you know, after those initial years where everyone's kind of, you know, figuring themselves out and, you know, before yeah. age seven to 10. But after that point, you actually you look for the easier targets. Yeah. Because you're going to get more bang for your buck. You're going to get the responses you're looking for. You might not be conscious of it, but essentially certain people might be more likely to be bullied or a bully might be more likely to bully certain people purely because of how would they respond to the bullying. So uh, George McFly gives in. Yeah. Marty McFly... A little bit more complicated, right? Yeah. So, so doesn't give in, but if you find the right avenue, he does kind of give in. Yeah. So, so the initial target would probably be George, but Marty. I mean, he's not he's not the obvious target for Biff or or any of these bullies. But at the same time, you can rile him up into mm-hmm. the kind of bullying interaction that you're looking for. 
absolutely. And another thing that's true too is Marty. When whenever Marty's talking to Biff, it's almost like he he gives in because Marty like talk. Mm-hmm. He he talks trash back. It's not just that I'm not afraid of you. He he like at one point he's like, "What are you deaf and stupid?" Like he talks trash mm-hmm. back. And one of the things that made me think about was how you can mistakenly bully someone and not even realize what you're doing. Like oh, for you sure. can be like. Uh, and I, it made me think of what one time I have a really, a really, uh, really close friend of mine, and I constantly like joked on him, and and we made jokes, and like I love him like I love him like a brother, and I never had any idea that he was not enjoying the mm. way that we the 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 jokes that I are are that that we that people that we were saying to him, and finally he told me, and I was distraught i was like oh my god i never want to make you mm-hmm. i never want to make you feel that way but it was something that it was like okay from now on i have to make an intention to make sure i don't say anything that can be hurt yeah yeah and now usually when it comes to bullying we're talking more about someone who is approaching things from a more violent avenue to get where they want to go right and to to have have an interaction with someone else end up the way that they want it to but you're you're absolutely right that a person can be bullied or a person can be hurt in these ways when someone's not actively trying to bully them right and it it is kind of a tricky thing where intention of course is an important thing Mm-hmm. But also perception of the person that things are being done to is also a very important thing. Yeah. And I'm I'm so glad to hear that your friend got to a point where they felt comfortable bringing that up to you. Because imagine if they never had. Right. And and right. so I, I think in, in a number of cases when there isn't that intention there, hopefully you can have some sort of resolution like you're talking about here where, okay, we... We are miscommunicating. Let's get on the right. same page. Versus what you were talking about with a bully, where it could escalate things mm-hmm. if you're not careful, um, or if you don't have the support you need in responding to the bully. Absolutely, and 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 honestly, it 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 make it does make me think about like when George McFly did stand up to Biff in the the first movie when he goes back to the car and he just. Mm knocks biff out the the thing that's interesting to me about that is i always think about it and i i think to myself i don't think that was the end of that like i highly doubt he did that and it's like and now all is well he never had any issues with biff (laughs) ever again like no this is a serious issue you should probably take this to strickland like you should like this Mm -hmm. isn't like and there were no chaperones around at this dance also. Like, this was just going on. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're just Well, there drinking. was Strickland. Yeah, Remember just he him. Took the, yeah, it, just Strickland, though. It was and, just him. They're, like, drinking again, alcohol and, and, like, yeah, like assaulting people in the parking lot and just, like, fighting. And everyone's just around. Like, it. no one's doing anything no one's asking who this kid is that's just up there playing guitar like there's no (laughs) weren't the 80s the best no i'm just kidding right 
Right. Those so, good days. <laughs> yeah. And and I think you're you're hitting on a really excellent point um that we were talking about earlier, which is really the best response to bullying situations is not just expecting the person being bullied to stand up on their own. Mm-hmm. Because there's some reason that this person was picked whether the bully recognizes or not to be bullied and unfortunately a lot of times there's a lot of different bystander effect kind of research and whatnot that i mean essentially there are a lot of situations where we as humans if it's not on us we let a lot of terrible stuff happen We let a lot of terrible stuff happen i mean you don't have to look very far into the news or into history to see that so not not my problem yeah. Exactly. Uh and and that doesn't mean we're terrible people. It's just something about the human condition and, and how we're wired for things. But if we're aware of that and, and we're more mindful, you're totally right. That would not be the end of it, especially given the long road and history that they had together. Right. For them to get to the point where, by the way, by the end of it, even when Biff is waxing their cars, he's still trying to get away with stuff. And you can tell yeah. he's a little bitter about everything. So yeah. something had to happen where George wasn't alone and stuff anymore. And yeah. once again, the, there, there's power in numbers. There's, there's really an important piece of standing up and not having someone just doing it on their own. Yeah. And it's and it's interesting because it's like yeah they showed uh, how George McFly stood up to Biff and then when they went back to the future suddenly now that effect of not being a, a, afraid of bullies has it seemingly rubbed off on the the children it's like oh mm. look now they're happy now they're yeah. happy go lucky and I, I'm like well who did who did Marty get it from? Like what? Like, I don't yeah. like it. Was... But then, poor, yeah, but then poor Marty, he had to wait until the third movie to learn his lesson because he, he, because he's the one traveling in time. He yeah. didn't grow up with the new dad. Right. <laughs> right. I'm like, what? You have a lot to catch up on. Like, <laughs> I know. Right. But then, uh, but then like his girlfriend, oh, Doc yeah. so is many, like, oh, so we can just leave holes. her on the porch because when we change time, she'll change with it. I was like, that makes no sense. Really you can't bad. keep changing the rules of your time traveling. It's really, yeah, it's really, it's really bad, especially the way they kind of just disappear out of Polaroid. <laughs> I know. They like fade gradually. It's so right. weird. It's so yeah, weird. But not quite. Not quite. <laughs> I know. We love these movies, though. Despite I, I, absol- the... I absolutely love these movies. I'm currently <laughs> building a a Lego DeLorean right now, and I absolutely oh, thought I'm, about getting that. You should get it. You should 100 percent get it. And we, yeah, we actually we had a friend who had like a little DeLorean uh, model. For yeah. Back to the Future that they gave us for a wedding present, yeah. and they put like a little just married on it and everything it was so nice cute. because they yeah they put out two different sets i got the very first one that came out and it's nice. tiny it's like super tiny that i'm holding so this for those of you that are listening i am holding it up right now but then last year they made a new like yeah, gigantic one. epic one that looks phenomenal now and so yeah it's a lot of it's and i i love the the tech the technology in these but also it's just a fun uh, a really, really fun uh, 
watch. It's but like I the the third one used to not be my favorite, but now mm. because of just how ridiculous Mad Dog Tannen is, it's become <laughs> my favorite because everything he says is just so quotable. Because he's still it's funny, this family just did not change throughout time. Like they're just the same <laughs> it's like the, the same, same person and actually when we were watching through. yeah when we were watching bill goes did he just say dude and i was like no no no, you must have misheard him but sure enough he was <laughs> even saying dude yeah <laughs> it's, like as mad dog tan it's like i'm pretty sure no one said dude back then <laughs> yeah but but it, that's same what person. These mo- but that's what these movies just show it's just like the the future directly reflects off of mm. the the past like even like uh they kept bringing up uncle joey who screw him apparently they never (laughs) did try and help him like even when you see him as a baby like marty goes up to the crib it's like better get used to these bars kid i'm like what like how about can we help can we help uncle joey like can we like because even in the did right because even in the alternate 1985 he's still in prison like every (laughs) single reality they go to uncle joey's just locked up it's like man like what did he do he couldn't have helped terrorists steal plutonium like doc did because (laughs) (laughs) yeah he never really had to deal with that that uh predicament right he did like yeah because yeah marty marty saved doc after he stole plutonium from some terrorists (laughs) like it was you the know, 80s, I think the eighties were really, a wild, a wild west of film. They really did just go. <laughs> just I think do that's a really great example of there being very different types of intelligence. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Where Doc is just so book smart and mechanically smart, and and what we think of as 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 intelligence, and then and yet he's dumb enough to, <laughs> to steal plutonium with these terrorists well i think that's one it's one of those anything for the sake of science like it's like okay at what Mm, point dangerous yeah right it's like okay at what point do you realize you're the problem (laughs) yeah which he does at a certain point realize he's the problem he's like destroy the time machine but then he creates a train time machine builds another one then he builds another one and time travels with the wife he saved from dying with two little kids which once again little kids are going to mess up the timeline I don't. I don't care how how closely you're watching them. <laughs> it's funny because you you see this a lot in in you see this flaw a lot in people where it's like you shouldn't do that. Mm. I can do it. I'm different, and you. There's no reason yeah. that you're different, but people do it all the time. And he did. He's like, you can't alter reality. You can't do that. And he did it when he saved himself from being shot oh, yeah. in the first one, and he did it with clara as well like it's like oh you can't and oh and now i have two kids and we just travel through time and do whatever we want it's like okay yeah but you're ignoring your own rule like you realize that like you would hold everyone else accountable for that when they did it but when you do it you're like oh i'm i invented time travel so it doesn't count for me (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's it's funny how how that how that goes because i feel like i see that a lot in in society where people will have all these standards that they want mm-hmm. other people other people to live by yep. but then they do the same thing like yeah we there know was what's this looking there was this really 
interesting experiment that they did once that I was a while back, decades ago, I think. Um, and I always loved it because I, I, I think it kind of hits on that where they had people watch. I can't remember what kind of sports game it was. I don't I don't remember if it was football or basketball or soccer or what it was, but essentially they were watching the game and the they they switched for some people which team had the colors for their school. So some of them watched one team have the colors for their school and some of them was the opposite team. Okay. And what they found was that people would argue for whatever benefited their team. Like in terms of fouls and, you know, how, you know, how the refs did and this, that and the other, even though they were literally looking at the opposite teams from each other, they would all the things that they would react to, they would react in favor of the team that was the color of their school. Oh, wow. What a what a perfect what a perfect way to show uh, bias. That's right. Really? Yeah. That's we, yeah, we totally, we can't help it. We've got bias and yeah, we're going to give ourselves breaks. We don't give other people or on the flip side, we give other people breaks and then we don't give ourselves breaks and yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, doc, doc. Yeah. He, he fudged some things a little bit. <laughs> right. Definitely. Definitely. I love these movies. I really do. Uh, despite, despite their, their flaws and just. Dis- like I feel like listening to this, I'm if people are gonna be like, I feel like they hate these movies. I'm like, no, 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 you no, got it twisted. I didn't even prepare and rewatch these coming in because I just know them that well. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't. Like I've seen them. I watched them a, a couple times a year. Like I didn't. As soon as you said we're doing Back to the Future, I'm like, I can do that one right now. <laughs> uh, but I I am excited for. Uh, the mindful nerd moment that yes. you you came up with for this one. So I decided that we could do a mindful nerd moment mindfully uh, being in the DeLorean, yes. increasing our speed to 88 miles per hour. Oh, my God. I I literally was hoping it was going <laughs> to be that. I, I was thinking that. I'm like, when's the time I'd be mindful? Like, oh, man, if I was just in. Lauren, the sparks were were flying and just, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. You're the, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll start with the original uh, version of the DeLorean. We won't add the like taking off and flying part. Uh, we'll, okay. we'll stick on the we'll stay on the ground, yeah, but do, you know we do if the you flying choose part with Superman, that's, that's yeah fine. we we do yeah. flying other places. Fly I mean, out. if you choose to <laughs> visualize it differently, feel free, or you want to do the train or whatever. But I'm just gonna stick to the original DeLorean. So uh, as we always do, I want you to close your eyes if you're comfortable with that, or just unfocus your eyes, not looking at anything in particular in the room. Sitting straight but comfortably, uh, just focus on your breath. Don't worry about breathing any any way in particular. And use your breath to just help you focus in. We're just focusing in on each breath in and out. And when you're ready, I want you to imagine that you are Marty McFly. You have gotten into the DeLorean. You've put yourself into gear and you put down your foot onto that gas pedal and you're just paying close attention to the feel of that pedal under your foot as you gradually 
push it closer and closer to the floor of the car. Feel the engine, feel what it's like in the car. Notice how everything surrounding the car starts speeding by gradually faster and faster as you're increasing that speed with your right foot. Listen to the sound of the car. Listen to anything that might be whizzing past you. Notice any excitement you might be feeling about getting closer and closer to that 88 mile per hour mark and that anticipation for what might be coming next when you leap into your new adventure. Notice what that excitement feels like in your body, how it might change your breath, how it might change how your heart rate is, how your skin might feel. You might notice butterflies tightening or loosening in parts of your body. Just notice what that excitement feels like for you as you feel that vibrating engine through your body, as you feel that gas pedal under your foot moving closer and closer to the floor. And here you are at 80, 81. 82, 83, 84, 85, 86, 87, 88, and now you're back to the future. And just take a few breaths in, really taking in that 88 miles per hour. Breathing in, breathing out into that next adventure. When you're ready, we're going to come back into the room. Once again, just focusing on your breath, but we're going to, when you're ready to, shift from breathing at that 88 miles per hour and shifting back to those slow, calm breaths where you're sitting now as we will gradually shift back into the room to finish the podcast. So what do you think, Keaton? How is getting to 88, 88 miles per hour? All right, so this one didn't. This one did not work for me, and it's not okay. your. It's not your fault. The reason is, I was too excited. Like I oh. actually really like. Like I love Back to the Future, and so when you're like you're in a DeLorean, I'm like, yeah, all right, speeding up. <laughs> like she's about to say, hey. like when you said 88 miles per hour, I literally mumbled to myself, like I was like, nice. <laughs> like, it was like it was, and like you got to the end of it, and I was like, oh. I was supposed to be being mindful and being peaceful. I was just super excited. I'm like, where am I going? Am I going? I'm definitely going <laughs> to the future because going to the past doesn't work out well for black people. Uh, sure. I um I was like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the future. Like I I was I started overthinking. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I wasn't being mindful. <laughs> so so here's the thing, and 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 hey, I could it, be part yeah. of it too. So how something's narrated can definitely factor in. But also, you've mentioned this before, and and so for certain people that have a really active imagination, yeah. there might be there might be certain things that maybe don't hit the mindfulness chord for you, but they hit something else positive for you. Yeah, it so, is positive. Yeah, I right? do feel I, I do mean, feel better. Yeah, <laughs> you seem very energetic and happy and yeah. and light, and so even if something doesn't hit the bill for mindfulness, but it's hitting something else, hey, that's a win in my book. Yeah. Um. But it could also be that maybe there are certain situations you want to be mindful in, but it might take some preparation Right. where we try and do things pretty kind of quick here 
to give people just different things they can jump into. But there might be certain things that you kind of set yourself up for and you prepare and you spend more time with. Yeah. So that can also be the case, too. Yeah. Next, but yeah, when, I love the excitement. Yeah. When I do this one next time, if I'm trying to be like super mindful, I'll start with just opening the door, closing it, starting it up. Like, yeah. I, like I'll start from like 20 miles per hour. <laughs> Actually, I love that. I think that would even be even better than what yeah. we did here. So once again, we did a short little ditty here. I think that's better. That yeah. whole setup, walking through the entire pace of getting in the car, I think that's a, an even better way of doing it. Yeah. So yeah, I think, uh, gosh, that's good. Good. This is heavy, Doc. <laughs> Thanks for nerding out with us. I'm clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown. Find me on social media at Crafting the Mind. And I'm comic enthusiast and professional nerd Keaton Hopkins. Check out my TV and movie reviews on YouTube at TeamJBS. Check out our website at bat-therapy.com, our Bat Therapy YouTube channel, and follow us on social media. See you next week. Same Bat time, same Bat channel. <laughs>